Welcome to the PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller, David Wynn, and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller and David Wynn have joined me today, and we are going to discuss the battle for performance, efficiency versus effectiveness. Welcome, Carly. Welcome, David. Thank you, Miles. Thank you, Miles. All right. So, David, you you wrote an article on this. So, and you called it the battle for performance. So, what yeah. are we talking about here? Well, this really all came about from a discussion that Miles and I had during management update. But it's the in our shops. A lot of times, we're fighting to get that stopwatch time. We want a job to run as fast as possible. And so we're fighting for seconds and seconds. But a lot of times in the end of the day, we're sacrificing our effectiveness because we're not getting the maximum number of parts produced because we are fighting for that cycle time. So we quoted the job at 20 seconds, but maybe we'd be better off running it at 30 seconds and getting it to run eight hours unattended versus running it at 20 seconds and only being able to run it for 30 minutes and have to change tools. To simplify, we could say that we are, no, I lost. Yeah, because you can't say it much simpler than he just did. Even I understood it. Actually, we could do it right or we could do it quickly is what I wanted to say. All right, so go ahead. So when we fight for cycle time, we're giving up machine performance optimums to get that quickest quickest time, that checkered flag, quicker. But we may have, by doing that, we may lose actual running time because the tools wear out faster. We have to adjust it more often because we can't hold the tolerance that, that much faster. So there's a balance between getting the time right and getting the maximum number of parts. All right, so let, let's bring this down to its core. What's what's the technical? What like what's the the definition of effectiveness versus efficiency? Well, the American Dictionary defines effectiveness as the ability to be successful and produce the intended results. Compliant parts. Okay. Then what about efficiency? Efficiency is defined as what is capable of producing desired results without wasting materials, time, or energy. Okay, so effectiveness is successfully getting the results and efficiency is doing it without waste. Yes. Okay, all right, so that that's the actual difference and you guys were talking about cycle time and such. It, is that the only place that's plays a role in it? Right. So efficiency is doing it with the least amount of time. And what I think David is arguing is that time is not the only denominator. If we get quick cycle time, quick time per part, but then we lose uptime because we've got to stop the machine, reset tools, change tools, recalibrate, do whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, we may not have as many parts as if we had run a slower time, a less efficient time, but we gained our effectiveness. And that's what the customers are paying for, right? The results. 
Yes. They're paying for the effectiveness. Yes. Customers pay for finished goods in a box shipped to them at the doorstep. That comply with their requirements. That's right. So you're thinking that people are so focused on the low cycle times that they're losing sight of the results. Absolutely. How many times have you, you heard, we sell time on our machines? Well, from you, more than I can count. Well, but the point is, I say that because it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> we don't. We don't. I am so glad we recorded that. We, we got Miles admitting he was wrong. Thank you. Well, I'm not sure that's, Happy that's birthday ex- to exactly me. right. So we do sell time on our machines, but we sell effective time on our machines. And that's oh, the key. There you okay. go. There you go. Okay. So the time has to be effective in order to be effective. Efficient. No, the time has to be efficient in order to be effective. I'm now I've confused myself. <laughs> the customer <laughs> pays for the time on our machines that we're producing parts. They don't pay for the time on the machines that I have a performer standing there with their head in there. So if I have a performer standing in there with their head in the machine, I'm not getting paid for that time. Not making parts. Gotcha. So when is this consideration? Is this in the quoting process or is this in the when, when you're determining how to get the job done on the floor? So for me, this is something that is highly considered in the quoting process. I think that you should do a lot of engineering when you perform a quote, quote, but not everybody does that. But I think that you need to think about the engineering and your manufacturing steps. When you start quoting a part, you need to analyze your cycle time, but then also that effectiveness. How long okay. are you going to be able to run this? Uptime. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. How long can you run this? How how much of my performer's time is going to be tied up on this job? Can I have this performer run three machines running this part? Or is he going to be stuck running one? And they're only going to be with that machine tied to it all the time. Let, let's look at it another way, David. Carly, you've, you've heard people talk about running lightly attended. We don't say lights out around here. Right. So if I'm running lightly attended and I'm trying to maximize my efficiency, I may be running so fast that I can't get through an entire night shift because the tool will wear, the tolerance will go out, and the machine will shut down. Whereas if I'm working at a more effective rate of removal, I can keep that machine running and producing compliant parts the entire night shift. Without anybody having to change tools. Right, and with no lost time. No, no downtime. So it's parts per unit time at the end of the day rather than at the end of the stopwatch. Okay. That's right. Yeah, when you look at a 24-hour period, it's the maximum pieces that you wind up that are good quality meat dimensional spec parts in that 24 hour period. So if you have to have somebody operating the machine and standing on top of it and you get no unattended production or lightly attended production, then your effective pieces are going to be much lower. You, you make a great point, David. So the difference between effectiveness and efficiency is really the difference between a long-term view, a sustainable view and a short-term view, right? So efficiency is at the end of that stopwatch, I've 
done it in the least amount of time possible for that one operation in that one moment. But over the marathon, over the entire production run, having the longer view and optimizing my parameters may indeed create me more opportunity for profit over that That's entire right. time. That's a great way of looking at it. That's that short-sighted, I'm going to make numbers this quarter versus I'm going to make numbers for five years. All right. So in your article, you challenge the reader, does your daily activity have anything to do with your effectiveness? So what, what are you asking our listeners to do with that? So I think that this goes further than just making parts. It's about being effective in what we do on a daily basis personally. And are you effective in your own personal life? Are you effective at work? And so we might be real efficient at getting the task done, but are we taking that long-term view of our own skill sets and our own capabilities and trying to be effective in what we do and where we spend our time? Great example. I was really efficient getting out the door. Yeah. Coming to work. I was really efficient. I got out of, out the door really quickly. And? Left my computer at home. <laughs> Wasn't terribly effective. That's an example. That's a right. very valid point. That's a valid point. How many times do we rush through something and then get the opportunity to redo it, to yeah. do rework? You spend yeah. a bunch of time cramming for an exam or an event and then after the event's done you have gained no knowledge you have nothing it's all gone you didn't pick up any long-term perspective of that versus spending the time to really dig into it and study it and then after the event not only did you gain knowledge along the way during the event test whatever it is you gain knowledge during that and then you've created a long-term lasting effect it's effective Okay. Well, that kind of falls into uh, what my mother and I used to say, which was, you know, if I had more time, I'd write a shorter letter. Exactly. That's exactly right. Exactly. To be truly effective is to be efficient in the right things. And to be efficient, it's of no value if we aren't effective. And it's really looking at that, you know, Am I doing the right things today to advance me and my business and my team members? Are we doing what we need to do to advance their capabilities and my capabilities and the capabilities of the shop for the long term? And if we're not doing those things, we might be being real efficient, but we're not being effective at maximizing that stakeholder wealth. That wraps up today's podcast on the battle for performance in your shop efficiency versus effectiveness. Thank you for joining us. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You don't want to miss one. Also, check out our Speaking of Suppliers podcast to hear how our technical members can help your shops. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org where you can find our knowledge centers filled with articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources just for precision machining. And if you aren't already taking advantage of a PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to learn how we can help you thrive. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly and Miles? Because, because we, we are, are better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision. Precision.